I'm Barb. And I'm Alec. And this is The Marketing Share, where we cover what leaders need to know to run marketing. The Marketing Share is your go-to for the latest thinking from experts all across the marketing field. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Marketing Share. Uh, it's good to be back in studio. I'm Alec, and with me is Barb. Hey, Barb, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. All right, so Barb, we started this podcast uh, about eight, eight, nine months ago. Um, we've had a number of guests, and this is our first time having a guest back on the show. We've got Brandon Turnbull with us. Return. <laughs> so, so nice the, to be back. The, re- the return of Brandon. Right? Isn't that a movie title? Uh, yeah. I think it's a movie title. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay. So let's just talk about this. The reason we've got Brandon back on the show is that, uh, Brandon was part of, um, actually our fifth episode. He was the guest on our fifth episode way back on May 1. Um, the topic was outbound, um, email marketing, cold email, um, and got, got a lot of great reaction on that. Um, great discussion, um, outbound email as a marketer. I know everyone, you know, no one likes cold email. No one likes outbound email, but look, we, marketing has many elements to it, many aspects to marketing. Um, it's hard to say that any one thing, you shouldn't really say that any anything is bad in marketing. It's just how you deploy it and how you use it. So we had a great conversation last time with Brandon on you know, how to do cold email marketing the right way. But there have been some interesting things going on or we're going to go on <laughs> uh, around email marketing. So we wanted to have Brandon back on the show. Yeah, totally. Um, Brandon, so excited to have you back. Um, Brandon, uh, just to remind our listeners, um, is an expert in the area of data enrichment, building data sets for companies, uh, deliverability, and all those great mechanisms that go into the right kinds of outbound communication. And he's worked with our companies uh, before as well. So he's a great resource for us, outbound scale is your company. Um, so welcome back, um, Brandon. So excited to have you. So Brandon, um, walk us through this crazy drama that Google just um, delivered to all of us in these last few months. So yeah, I think most people by now have probably heard this, at least if they're in the marketing uh, or sales space. Uh, Google basically announced that they were going to really crack down on uh, spamming, uh, especially with people who were sending emails to their Google Workspace customers. And for a lot of people, this you know kind of really scared them because a lot of people rely on cold email, um, you know, to to generate leads and to to drive business um, for their company. So what Google basically said was um, they were going to start to crack down on any email accounts that were getting marked as spam more than 0.3% of the time. So just to put that in perspective, um, what that looks like is for every thousand emails you send, that means that you have to have less than three people mark you as spam. And even on a really good day for a, you know, a really good emailer or salesperson, you know, that's going to be a challenging mark to hit. And um, usually before what you would typically see is if a, an email account is sending a lot of spam, um, that email account itself would get shut down. But what they're then saying is not only were they going to shut that account down, but they would actually um, block all of the emails coming from that organization. So, um, you know, that that can basically expand into, uh, you know, if your billing department is sending emails to your clients, then all of a sudden their emails are going to spam, um, things like that. So um, it really kind of 
sent shockwaves through uh, the industry, I would say, for about a month there. Um, but you know, as as we know now, they're they're starting to kind of walk back those um, those comments and, and their plans. So, um, but yeah, I still think it's a, a still a good time to just think about um, you know the best practices and, and are you following best practices, the best ways that you can actually um, kind of avoid these types of changes in the future if they are made. So, Brandon. I think we probably know why Gmail is doing this, but let's just ask the question and maybe you have a, you know, maybe you've got another take on this too, or know some of the, maybe the more of the behind the scenes things, but what's triggering these changes? Why is Google doing this or, or why did they try to do this? So I think that, you know, for an email provider, they're always trying to make the best experience for their customers. And I really think if you look over the last year, there are a lot of tools that have surfaced that, make cold emailing more accessible. So it's easier to um, send more emails out than it, what it was even a year ago, um, just with some of the new tools, some of the new technology that's come out. So I think there's been a, a much um, a much higher volume of emails coming into these servers and that are getting marked as spam. And I think, you know, the, the goal with them is to just improve their user experience for their, you know, for their uh, Google workspace or Gmail users, um, just to make sure that, you know, any emails that could be a problem um, with any like phishing emails or any like um, spam emails that are coming in just to make sure that, you know, those are um, not getting into their users inbox. And remember, Alec, you know, we've had somebody on this um, show as well talking about spam and what an irritation it is. Right. And, you know, I mean, come on, we, nobody can deny that for sure it is. Um, the question is, how do marketers do it the right way and um, find that balance? Right. Yeah, for sure. So, Brandon, I guess there were the changes, then Google walked it back a little bit. So right now, who's going to be impacted by these changes? So right now, if you're sending to business email addresses, this isn't going to affect you at the moment, or at least Google has publicly stated that. Um, I, I do think that there probably are some changes going on in the background to the way that you know, spam filters are getting a lot better at detecting um, these types of messages. So I think behind the scenes, you're probably going to see some changes that could affect open rates or even, um, you know, campaign success rates. Um, but the biggest people that this is going to affect is anyone who's actually targeting um, personal emails. So sending to um, any of Gmail's personal email inboxes, uh, it's going to have a, a much larger effect on those individuals. So I'm assuming that as a consumer marketer, um, you've got to be really careful about this. But um, for businesses, does it also change that? So I think it does in a certain way. Um, I think it just brings to light that you know changes like this can be made pretty quickly by a company like Google, where they do control a lot of the um, a lot of the email traffic that is going out, even business to business. Um, so I say like the, you know, the two largest players are Outlook and, um, and Google with their workspace platform. And I think, you know, it, it's while it doesn't necessarily have an effect on these companies right now, I think, you know, it's a good time to look at what you're doing from an email perspective and really reevaluate, you know, are we taking into account all the best practices and do we have our system set up in a way that will mitigate a lot of the risks that could happen if they do decide to make changes um, like this again in the future? Yeah, I was a little bit nervous when I found out as well, right? But, you know, um, you know, I also want um, 
to give my business customers a good experience as well, right? So nobody wants to deliver a bad experience. Um, what are the top things that you can do um, to kind of avoid this or do it responsibly? Even, even though there is this walk back, what should we be doing and thinking about moving forward? So I think moving forward, there are two areas that I really think are the main points that you should be looking at as a business um, and deciding, you know, what's the best direction to go. I think, you know, from an actual email sending perspective, I think it just comes down to best practices and really making sure that the person you're reaching out to, the message is relevant to them. So you're not sending um, to a really broad list of people, um, just hoping that, you know, your right targets will be in there. I think, you know, looking at taking that list of contacts who you're targeting, making sure those companies are relevant targets, making sure that um, it's a message and a, and a, uh, a you know, pain points that they are facing right now um, and how you're solving them and just making that messaging and the targeting very relevant to those individuals. I think that's the main thing. Um, and I think that will kind of cut back on the majority of the problems that you face because, you know, I think what why a lot of people do get upset or, or start marking emails as spam is, you know, you're sending them an email that, is completely irre irrelevant to them. Um, so if you can avoid a lot of those cases, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be in a position where your campaigns are going to do um, fairly well. So I think it comes down to, you know, making sure that your message is relevant, that you're on target um, and that you're just being, you know, kind of sincere about your message. And uh, one thing that I think is a lot of people don't think about is when they're sending these email sequences, they're looking at sending someone, you know, seven to eight messages over a one to two month period. And I think looking at the success rate of the different steps in your sequence and thinking about, okay, if I'm sending these eight emails, like, is it really worth it? Um, or can I condense that into one or two messages over that two month period? Um, just so that you're not annoying the individual that you're sending emails to. I think those are kind of the two areas that you can really um, hone in on what you're doing and just avoid a lot of the issues that you could be facing. On the other side of that too, I think it's, um, interesting to look at from like a deliverability perspective, um, separating out your sales and marketing teams and how they're sending emails um, away from the your main domain and the domain that most of your internal staff are going to be using for emails. So the way that you can think about this is as a whole, your company typically has um, a domain which your website is on and all of your emails are sending from. That has a reputation in itself. And then each of the email senders um, that are attached to that domain, they have a reputation. So those reputations of the senders can affect the reputation of your domain and cause, even if you're a salesperson and you're sending emails and your messages are going to spam, that can have an effect on other people in your organization as well and cause their emails to start going to spam. So um, this is, I think it's a time for people to kind of rethink, is it really worth sending marketing and sales emails from your main domain? Um, or is it a good time to kind of separate those functions out a little bit so that um, if if one of them does run into issues with um, being marked as spam or anything like that, it doesn't have an effect on the rest of your business. Um, so like as an example, you know, you see this typically where um, if you see that your, your kind of main domain is starting, the reputation of it is, um, you know, being affected by you know your sales team or anything like that what what can happen is you know you, as an example your billing emails they could start going to spam um, your basically your account managers or your customer service reps all of their emails to your clients they could start going to spam 
And then you, you really run into this challenge organizationally of, you know, it becomes really difficult to get the emails that are important for your company um, to your clients or to other individuals. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a really important to kind of look at how you're how you have everything set up, how you're sending emails um, and just think about ways that you can mitigate as much risk as possible. Brandon, it sounds like the main takeaways from what you just said are to me were two things. One, um, make sure your emails don't sound as spammy, right? So personalization of emails, making sure you're targeting well. That's number one, really important. But secondly, there are uh, structural things you need to do or should be doing as a best practice for cold outbound, like setting up separate domains so that you're protecting your main ones. Um, I think though a lot of companies are still, they just don't do that. Um, they either don't know or are reticent to do that. And I know you've encountered this a lot when you work with clients. Give us your take on that. Why do companies not want to do that? And how can, you know, how do you respond to them when they kind of push back a little bit? Definitely. So, you know, I think like best practices, what I typically recommend is setting up um, a bunch of different domains that you can then send emails from. The reason that I recommend that is basically it just, um, if you do run into issues with one or two email senders or one or two domains, it doesn't affect your entire campaign. And it's something that you can switch them in and out if you need to. Um, so it, it, it becomes very, um, you know, the system's very robust in, in that regard. One problem that I, I do run into often is people are concerned about security. So having these, you know, these new domains set up, um, security is a concern, especially for larger organizations. Um, the other thing that I run into a lot is people are, um, are a little bit cautious with like brand recognition. So, um, you know, with someone getting an email from a domain that is a little bit different than your main domain, it can be a, a bit suspicious sometimes. So that, that's another concern that I run into a lot. Um, and both are valid concerns. And I think it just comes down to, you know, individually as a company, you know, looking at, is it worth taking some of these risks on to mitigate other risks operationally? Or, you know, are these things that, um, you know, are, are things that, that you can kind of live without um, as you move forward. Now, I loved your um, comment about authenticity in your communication, right? Um, delivering things to people that are of value, right? Really understanding that. I mean, because it's just like a conversation, right? We don't want to be hit by a sales pitch that's irrelevant to what we're, what we're doing in life right now, right? It's the same thing. So we do want to be authentic in that. Um, but the other thing that you said, I think, is I've, I've actually come against it so many times. You know, we have a great con uh, content person that wants to put a sequence of 10 emails together for somebody, right? And I'm sure it all makes sense and it's appropriate. However, if you think about it from that audience side, is it really worth it to give them 10 touch points on something, right? Or maybe is it time to dial back on our email sequences that are so complex that maybe we don't need that many? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, this this is something that's been around for a while. So I think like these sequences are just everyone's ingrained that it has to you have to have, you know, between seven and 10 touch points with an individual um, before they'll respond or, or, you know, you see all this data around this. But I think um, while that is the case sometimes. I think you can look the way I like to look at it is, you know, if you send them one or two relevant emails and they haven't responded to you, there's a good chance that one, maybe your messaging is way off or maybe they're, they're not even um, a relevant target to you to begin with. Um, so there, there's a couple different directions that you can go there. And I think um, instead of just 
sitting down and saying like, okay, we're going to send 10, 10 emails to this audience, really just taking it one email at a time and making sure that you're putting a lot more effort into that first email to make sure it is relevant. Um, you know, and that it, it does touch on, um, different pain points that they're probably facing right now, um, and make it a very relevant message to them. And if, if that doesn't work, if you're not getting the responses, then, you know, maybe take it a little bit of a different direction. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the long email sequences, while you can see some success with them, um, in my experience, it, for each email that you send after that initial email, there's typically diminishing returns. Um, and what I find is it actually hurts your, your deliverability long term by, um, by sending those emails. So, you know, the, the benefit of getting a few extra leads out of those extra emails, I, there's much more downside um, from what I've seen. Yeah, my takeaway on this, Brandon, is that there's puts and takes. There's not. There's no one absolute right answer. But even though Google kind of softened up some of these changes and rolled them back a little bit, I think we have to assume that these changes are going to make their way back in somehow, right? Google isn't just going to all of a sudden back away and, and, and be afraid to make these changes. They'll just be smarter or different about how they do it. So I think the bottom line is, like even though there are reasons to um you know not want to create separate sending domains that really is a key but if you're if you're going to do outbound email um cold outbound email you've got to do it in some way and i think what you've said is like you know at least carve out marketing and sales separately so that so that you know that's one area right you, you may not want to go crazy with a lot of different domains but at least do it for marketing and sales yeah. And, you know, if if companies do have concerns with, you know, taking an approach where they're setting up a lot of extra domains, I think, um, you know, one thing that I would suggest that's just a little bit going towards that direction, like you'd said, is, you know, just looking at your marketing function and your sales function and maybe set up one domain that's uh, separate for each of them so that, you know, whatever activities they're doing, whatever emails they're sending, it's not going to have an effect on the rest of the company. Um, and also, you know, sometimes if, you have everything on your main domain and your sales team is sending emails and, you know, they have a bad month where, you know, you're getting marked to spam more often or something along those lines. You don't want that to have effect on your marketing um, outreach as well. So I think by just by even creating a couple different domains and, and using that for your marketing and sales team, a lot of times that can, you know, while it's maybe not the ideal scenario, you know, for some companies, it might just be the, the next step that will just help them to um, mitigate some of those risks without um, really thinking, without having to go too far on the other side and, and bringing in some other security risks into, into the fold. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, I think this has been a really good recap, Brandon. A lot, a lot, you know, there was not as much to cover as maybe it first sounded, but at the same time, I, I just think that um, these are going to be changes that you should start getting in front of now because they're they're probably going to eventually happen. So um, I appreciate kind of the perspective, the reminders on some of the things, um, and then also the the, um, the the best practice on how to do this the right way. Uh, good good advice all around for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. Balance. Thanks so much for for having me on. And I think like to your point there, uh, it's you know, while these changes aren't happening right now, or at least, um, you know, out in the open, like they had initially mentioned, um, you know, I think behind the scenes, what I'm kind of seeing with campaigns a lot is they are starting to be stricter with how they're shutting down accounts and, and marking things as spam and, and things like that. So um, while, you know, while it's not in the open, I, I do think they are kind of making changes behind the scenes, but I always think it's good to kind of revisit things and um, just think about, you know, the best practices overall, and, you know, um, think about what you're doing and, and, 
is there better ways that you can approach what you're doing just to make um, make your results um, work a little bit better? Good, good. Thanks for being on, Brandon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Marketing Share. We hope you'll join us again next time. And if you like what you heard, please also remember to follow or subscribe to our show. 